Well, good afternoon, church family. It's that time once again as we find ourselves midweek. Uh, it is Wednesday, May 26th of 2021. And today we're going to be taking a look at uh, the second to last section of Psalm 119, uh, entitled Shin. Uh, and it, I have entitled this section, Standing in All of God's Word. And so before we begin, let's, as we always do, uh, commit our time to the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity once again to uh, step into your word, uh, to commune with you, the living God. And we ask that your spirit would guide our thoughts and our minds uh, so that we may live as we should in this day and age. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me go ahead and read our, our full section here, uh, starting in verse 161. It says, Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in all of your words. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Well, today we're going to be taking a look at those first four verses here in this section, in, uh, Shin, uh, in your Bible. Uh, and so as we take a look at verse 161, let me reread it to you again. It says, Princes persecute me. Without cause, but my heart stands in all of your words. You'll notice here, as we've seen in uh, many of the sections previous to this, that the, the psalmist finds himself being persecuted because of his love for God's law, because he has a relationship with God, and those that persecute him uh, do so because they do not like God's law. But you'll notice that he says in this verse, uh, 161, that princes are those who persecute him. Those who are rulers of men that have um, you know, positions of prestige are those who are calling uh, out to the psalmist in ways that cause him to be persecuted because of his love for God. And you'll notice he clarifies it as he establishes the audience that's persecuting him, that he says they persecute him without cause. Uh, and it made me stop for a moment because... When you think about someone persecuting you without cause, you know, uh, that means that uh, he is living in such a way that his life is above reproach in how he lives before those in authority. In other words, there is no blame or charge to, uh, you know, levy against him that has any credence whatsoever because he's living rightly before God uh, and man does not like it when... Uh, uh, those that are, you know, bearers of God's truth live in such a way because it reveals them for who they are, and that's sinners before a holy God. Now, this doesn't mean that the psalmist does not sin. Uh, we know that he, he has struggled, as in previous sections, uh, he spoke about it. And even as we think about ourselves today, none of us is able to live an entirely sinless life, uh, you know, because we still struggle with sin even though we're no longer slaves. But that does not change the fact. It doesn't give us the right to give in and just say, well, I'm still going to sin, and therefore it really doesn't matter. And, um, you know, I belong to God, and therefore uh, I'm saved, and everything's good to go. No, we should have an aim like the psalmist. 
is to live in such a way that no one can bring a charge or an accusation against us. You know, when we live according to God's word, we are living exactly the way we should. And in the book of Colossians, as Paul wrote his letter to the church at Colossae, he spoke about the way in which uh, an unbeliever uh, walks and that the fact that uh, the believer now once walked in these ways. Listen to what he says. He says, in these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And so what the psalmist is doing here is he finds himself being persecuted by these princes is that he is living in such a way that he no longer lives like the princes do. He does not have anger or wrath or malice or slander. Uh, He doesn't lie. He stands for everything that is in relation to the truth. And this is something that causes him to be persecuted uh, because of living in a way that honors God, but yet makes men uncomfortable. And he finishes out verse 161 by saying, but my heart stands in all of your words. So even though he finds himself being persecuted without cause, because he is living a life above reproach in the power of God in him, he says, but my heart stands in all of your words. So out of this persecution, we see a reverence coming forth. He says, in all of your words. And reverence is showing outwardly Uh, by one's actions, their deeply felt honor and respect for God. And the thing is, we think about reverence in relation to who God is. The more we delve deeper into his word, the more that we love his words, the more that we're in all of his words, what should happen is, is it should become an automatic response. That as we read the word of God, we know that it is living and active, that it continues to change. It continues to speak truth into our lives. And that is part of the reason why we should stand in all of God's word each and every day. That we should not allow it to gather dust on our nightstand or somewhere that we sat at after church on Sunday. But instead, it should cause us to uh, you know, desire and to come into the presence of God, to stand in awe of his words. And when we think about reverence, you know, when we look at the Old Testament, there are many examples. I'll just, I just chose one out of Numbers chapter 20, verse 6. Uh, when Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting, they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. See, there's an awe, there's a respect There is an outward action of their deeply felt honor uh, and for being in the presence of God himself. And so they fell on their faces. And then there's a sense in which we can demonstrate our reverence for God by how we live. Because we can proverbially, as it were, you know, humble ourselves before God, uh, you know, even to the point of, of falling on our faces. In other words, coming down and realizing in whose presence we are coming. First Peter chapter one, verse 15 says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because there is a, tra- a change that happens because before Christ, before we, we trusted Jesus Christ as our savior, we did not stand in all of God's word. 
We may have seen it as a good book, maybe full of moral standards, uh, but the fact is it didn't have the impact that it does in the life of a believer. So that when we find ourselves being compared to the rest of the world, the rest of the world hates us. They want to persecute us because we stand in awe of the very thing that reveals them for who they are. Because we are living holy in all of our conduct because God is holy. And we should turn from ungodly ways and selfish passions, which the New Testament speaks to in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. And so even though this was pinned uh, a long time ago, uh, the truth is is no less profound today in our day and age because we should do the same thing. As we are in the Word of God, as we come together as a body of believers, as Ellington Baptist Church, we should be training ourselves to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Because that is what the world needs to see. Does that mean that, that we will be persecuted as a result of living that way? Well, the chances are very high that we will. Uh, and the fact is, is even if it is those that are princes, those in, who are in power above us, who have, you know, and maybe in, as we take a look at our country and political offices in our country, even to the highest office of the land, they're going to persecute us because they do not hold to the truth of the word of God. And therefore, as we live holy lives in all of our conduct, we can expect the same thing to happen to us even today. We continues on in verse 162. He says, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. Uh, this phrase, finds great spoil, is actually speaking to what is taken from the spoils of war. Uh, and what are the great spoils that come from the word of God? Realizing that we are in a spiritual battle. And as we you know, overcome the temptation to not read God's word, as we overcome the temptation to not stand in all of God's word, what, what kind of spoils do, do come as a result of us uh, doing what we should do in obedience and love to God? Well, you know, these are the riches or treasures that the reader finds. You know, think about, you know, the times that you've, you've opened up the Word of God and you found yourself in a place in your Christian walk and, and all of a sudden a particular verse, maybe the Spirit brings back to mind, or maybe someone that you saw Sunday, you know, shared with you something that they struggled with, and a particular scripture came to mind to you to be a uh, an encouragement to take them where they needed to go, even though they found themselves not there. Well, see, that's the the treasures, that's the riches, because uh, as we look at God's word, remember it's living and active. There's a result that happens when we expose ourselves to God's truth. And so we find treasure there. And the psalmist says, he says, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. You know, and it may reminded me of, you know, as we think about our, our walk with the Lord, as I think about salvation in Jesus Christ of what Paul says in Ephesians 3.8. He says, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach the, to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So stop like the psalmist today, and for a moment, rejoice 
at God's word. Rejoice in the riches that you have in Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you that when you take that moment, when you take that time to rehearse, to, you know, praise God and count the blessings that you have, you will find many unsearchable riches in Christ. Well, verse 163 goes on to say, I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. This is another uh, precept that we see that is brought forth and uh, has been repeated uh, before, that a love for God's word will cause uh, us to hate every lie. It will keep us from uh, lying ourselves. Uh, We will see that the truth is what we need to share, even though sometimes it's hard to share the truth. But we will also not like it when others speak ill or speak wrongly about who God is. Uh, Or, you know, shake their fist at God as if God somehow uh, shorted them. Instead, we should love God's word no matter what. Uh, We should abhor that which is uh, hateful uh, or false in relation to God and his law. Then verse 164 and this middle verse, he he kind of uh, wraps up this this, uh, section here with, um, Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. It made me stop for a minute because, you know, again, it actually stipulates an amount of times that the psalmist praises God for his righteous roles, for his word. And he says seven times, which, you know, scripturally, you know, seven uh, is a number that is repeated. You know, there are seven days, you know, God created for six and rested on the seventh. Uh, you know, and I don't think this is meant to be an exact number of times that you mark off of a list of times that you praise God for his righteous roles to praise God for his word. But ask yourself the question, how often throughout the day do you praise God for his word? Does God's word have its profound effect in your life so that your heart stands in all of it? So that you, as you read it, you rejoice at God's word as one who has found great spoil. And that you see the importance of God's truth, not only in your own life, but in the lives of others so that you don't even like when people misspeak or tell those things that are not true. It reminded me of one of Fanny Crosby's songs that I close with. And just contemplate the words as you're thinking about how many times throughout the day do you praise God and his word. It says, praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed redeemer. Sing, O earth, his wonderful love proclaim. Hail him, hail him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor give to his holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children. In his arms, he carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. And and the third verse goes, praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed redeemer. Heavenly portals loud with hosannas ring. Jesus, savior, reigneth forever and ever. Crown him, crown him, prophet, priest, and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. And I think that telling can be not only to everyone around you, but also to yourself. Because you need to be reminded of God's greatness. You need to be reminded of the importance of praising him 
at least seven times a day, if not more. Because we have much to be thankful for, and God is worthy of every ounce and every moment of praise that we offer up. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you that the psalmist stood in all of your word, that he saw the importance of it even in the midst of persecution, that even as he reflected on his own life and how he stood on the truth, that he saw the importance of taking time to praise you throughout the day. And Lord, I pray for myself as well as everyone who's listening to this video today as an encouragement midweek that they would spend time today uh, praising you uh, and that we wouldn't put a specific number on it, but we would realize that the more that we praise you, the more we are doing what we were created to do, and that is to uh, glorify you and to enjoy you forever. And so, Father, Lord, I ask uh, for that for each of our church family and those listening today, that you would truly help us to stand in all of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, church family, for joining in this uh, Wednesday, Mar uh, May the 26th of 2021. And Lord willing, we'll see you this coming uh, Sunday as we have the opportunity to join together once again to corporately worship the Lord. God bless you. Have a great day.